are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, joined by Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Dolphins. We're here to get you ready for Bills Dolphins wild card matchup two AFC East rivals Sunday in Orchard Park. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you go up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It is that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Kyle, for the third time this year, we get to have a crossover Thursday discussion as the Bills and Dolphins are set to play on Sunday. Yeah, so the first two times these teams played uh, was very entertaining matchups. Miami winning by two in Miami Gardens, the Bills winning by three in Orchard Park. And after the second game, I said, man, I, I hope we get to do that again. I was talking about the crossover Thursday and, of course, getting another chance to play the Bills, but I don't necessarily know if I meant like this. Right. With the elements that are are now at play with this this game, but look, the, the Dolphins have have been very close to the postseason the last two seasons, ten wins and nine wins, and missed the, the playoffs both times. To get in this year, I, I think is a nice accomplishment for a first time uh, head coach with, with a team that's dealt with some injuries. You know, I certainly think there were a lot of missed opportunities throughout the course of the season, but regardless of how many games the Dolphins won in the regular season, if you told me, well, you're going to go into the wild card round and you're going to play without your starting quarterback. Um, uh, I, I think it's it certainly changes any level of enthusiasm, whether or not you were the seven seed, the six seed, the five seed, the two seed, uh, that, that you were going to take care of business in the postseason. But you know that that's that's ultimately that's still why they play the games, and we're going to figure out how this thing goes. And of course, between the storylines with these two teams, uh, there's no shortage of things for us to talk about and get everybody pumped up for Super Wild Card Weekend here. I- I haven't made that adjustment. I'm not, I have not added super to wild card. You yet. don't Maybe. need to. Yeah. I don't, I don't think what you need it? to. It's teams. We've got a Monday night game this time. I don't know about all that. Um, but we are in this open segment going to talk about the key storyline for each team entering this contest. And uh, for the Buffalo bills, we, we received some recent news uh, that they've opened the 21 day window for wide receiver, Jameson Crowder and safety, Micah Hyde. And there's been some rumblings that both could return for the playoffs. Neither expected to play on Sunday. But if you're able to advance to the next round, you could be looking at a situation where you're likely to play Cincinnati. And if you get through that, you're likely to play Kansas City. And you would potentially have Micah Hyde back as your free safety, which obviously would be a huge, huge boost to this Bills team uh, for for any game that he'd be available to play in, if assuming everything is ready for him to go with the neck injury. So, that's just a piece of news that we recently got that is obviously a big storyline for the Buffalo Bills as this game approaches. But I think if if that didn't happen, I would sit here and talk to you about the expectations for this Bills team. The expectations have been high all season long, and it's postseason time. It's time to fulfill all the promise that you had with the offseason hype and going out and being 13-3 and three and winning the division and positioning yourself for this run. And – 
you start to ask yourself questions. How does it all come together right now for a team that is expected to go on this deep run? And, you know, it's a situation where the Bills have had a lot of success in January at home under Sean McDermott, and you want to continue that. And obviously the dynamics of this game are really flipped upside down by the recent news of Tua Tungabaloa not playing in this game and likely Skylar Thompson being the quarterback for the Dolphins. And, you know, to me, I think that just continues to make those expectations even higher, which comes with, uh, at least for me, a piece of just a level of concern where, hey, the worst possible thing would for you to be in this stage and not be able to take care of the business that people expect you to to have, especially against a division rival. So as the Bills are set to take on this game where I think expectations culminate to going out on Sunday and getting the win and advancing, there's always that level of, okay, well, they're still going to play the game. Uh, and Skylar Thompson has some experience. It's two familiar opponents, right? And so um, I think that is definitely weighing heavily on my mind as this game approaches. It's those expectations that I think are even more heightened now um, with the dynamics of the decision that we heard at quarterback. Yeah, Joe, and you mentioned expectations. This is really two sides of the same coin with these two teams. I mean, you, you've mentioned Buffalo and their aspirations, and well, they've been a team that's been close to playing in the Super Bowl for the last couple of seasons and felt like this was a season to take that next step. And Miami had big-picture aspirations too, but with the elements of the quarterback position and Tua Tungvaloa being ruled out of this contest and not clearing concussion protocol, it's kind of – removed all of that it really feels like this this team probably can just go out here and let it all hang loose and i expect you will get the kitchen sink from the miami dolphins and you should get the kitchen sink from the miami dolphins as a team that really doesn't have anything to lose you're going to go out here you're you're probably going to take some high risk plays you're going to need some bounces of the ball to go your way but i expect you'll get an aggressive team i expect you'll get a team that uh has some some manufactured touches to try to get their playmakers Uh, the ball in their hands in space, try to probably lean into the fact that they had some success running the football against the Bills the first two times that these teams played. I know Raheem Mostert uh, reportedly had thumb surgery uh, earlier this week to to repair what was a broken thumb suffered against the Jets. But I I saw the look in his eyes in the last month. He's he's really turned on on a different level of intensity for uh, his play, and I expect he will play in this game for the Dolphins, and they'll, they'll need him too. Uh, Jeff Olson, the other running back, uh, did not participate in the first game because he was a member of the 49ers and did not participate in the second game uh, because he had a hip injury that prevented him from playing in the contest. So uh, enough things here for Miami to look at this and say, okay, well, we're going to craft what we feel is the the best game plan and chance for us to win the football game. Do I ultimately think that that is going to move the needle for the Dolphins to, to, to come out successful? Probably not right? You'd have to have a really wild game script to go your way without your starting quarterback based on the passing efficiencies and what the passing game looks like with Tua Tungvaloa and without Tua Tungvaloa. But I think expectations is the right word to invoke here for both of these teams as far as major storylines because uh, Miami's coming to this game with no expectations that they're going to be able to perform. So anything that they do is go out there, hang loose, and let whatever happen and see how the chips fall. Yeah, I I understand that point of view. And in some ways that makes Miami a bit of a dangerous team, in my opinion, with some of those unknown layers, which we'll kind of try to talk about here in just a moment as we dive into the matchups segment. But first, our podcast today is brought to you by Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. They have every sport over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well over at BetOnline. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Today's episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NFL GM and managing your own franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and guiding your franchise through the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And for a couple of guys who really love team building (laughs) and the draft and football in general, this is a game that's right up our alley, and we think it's probably going to be up your alley too. Uh, Locked on Bills and Locked on Dolphins listeners can get 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKED ON, all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, visit ultimate gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. So, Joe, you mentioned the matchups for this contest. And when I think about the matchups in this game um, for the for the players who are are playing for both teams in the contest. I think you probably have to start the discussion with Josh Allen against the Dolphins defense and what he's had so much success doing against this team and and what this team can potentially try to do differently if they're willing to try something differently or if they're just going to say, well, we're going to get into our money down situations. We're probably going to play a lot of, of one free man free and try to get there with our pass rush and get them down. Uh, but, but Joe, you, you've seen a lot of Josh Allen and you, and you know a lot about players like Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips on this Dolphins front. Uh, how does Josh Allen man, manage that front as well as he has? And why has he had the kind of success that he has had? playing against the Dolphins and their style of defense? It's a, it's a good question because I think Josh over the last two seasons has actually struggled in at times uh, against a, a blitz heavy team. And I think the Dolphins, what they're number two in the NFL and blitz rate 33%, number one in the AFC uh, didn't blitz Josh quite as much as they typically would in their last matchup. Uh, but Josh necessary over the last two years, I don't think he's been a great player against the blitz uh, passer rating very low. And 2020, he was really good against the blitz. But I think they've kind of been stuck at times on when to throw hot, when to protect. And for whatever reason, against Miami, it seems like they've been able to have a lot of those answers. And what I'm interested in on on Sunday is if I'm Buffalo, I'm really going to try to tap into my ability to spread out the field. And with unlimited practice squad call-ups, you can bring up Cole Beasley, you can bring up John Brown and play them alongside Gabe Davis and Steph Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie and of course, Dawson Knox and the running backs. And I think as much as you can, I try to make this a space game, especially with the weather looking like it's, it's, it's going to be mid thirties, some sun calm, right. Which is maybe not necessarily what we would expect typically for Sunday and January in Buffalo, but 
Uh, I think that plays into the Bills' ability to make this a space game and put some stress on the back seven of that defense because the the Dolphins' front is really, really good. You mentioned uh, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, obviously Melvin Ingram, who's had a ton of success against the Bills, and Jalen Phillips, I mean, just an absolute budding superstar. We saw him work Spencer Brown in that first matchup, and so you know Spencer Brown's going to have a big challenge once again here against Jalen Phillips. And so I almost feel like the best way to mitigate uh, to me, what's obviously the best part of the Dolphins defense, which is that front, is to try to space this out and make it a space game as much as possible and, and take advantage of a of a back seven for Miami that doesn't have the cast of characters that they want to have with all the injuries that they've sustained throughout the course of the season and then tapping into your depth and uh, a lot of guys that have caught a lot of passes from, from Josh Allen uh, at his disposal. And so I think that's one way that uh, I think the Bills should and, and predictively will um, try to take a do their best to take advantage of the Dolphins defense and limit what is a really, really strength uh, of their team, which is that front. I would, I would expect you'll probably see a big, good bit of Xavier Howard on, on Stefan Diggs, but I would also not be surprised if they were a little bit more uh, willing, the Dolphins defense to just let guys play sides. Um, if we're being honest over the last month or so, the game tape of Cater Kohu, the UDFA rookie, uh, he's been the best corner on the roster for about the last month or so. And I, Xavier Howard's been playing with some injuries all season long. And uh, Kohu has, has just really had a lot of success against twitchy type receivers. I, I thought he covered Garrett Wilson better than Xavier Howard did in, in the week 18 matchup with the dolphins and the jets. And just thinking about Stefan Diggs and how good he is as a receiver you might want the movement skills over the experience, right? So I think that's a really fascinating matchup and the, the Bills passing offense. And you're talking about spacing the field and and trying to, to, to get the Dolphins to declare some one-on-one matchups or, or favorable matchups in the pre-snap looks. Be fascinated to see how married they are to, to Xavier Howard just following Stefan Diggs around or if they're going to say, look, this this point in the year, Cater Kohu's moving a little bit better. He's got a full season of play under his plate at this point. He's been targeted over 100 times in the NFL. He's played 900-plus snaps. We might want to let him take some of those reps and see how that goes. I think that would be a great litmus test for Cater Kohu in this Dolphins defense as well uh, if the Bills do indeed decide to spread this thing out and, and try and test individual matchups and go one by one and try to find your winners. Kyle, one of the observations that I had for – the Dolphins coming out of the Jets game, which is a game that Skylar Thompson started at quarterback, is it felt like we saw real commitment to running the football, right? And in some ways, I thought that was probably their best script was to play a mistake-free game on offense, which if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. they didn't turn over the football and ran the ball very successfully against a good, very good Jets uh, defense, especially stopping the run. Um, And so I I wonder, and and this is me phrasing a question for you, when you think about the Dolphins on offense, I'd expect them to lean into their rushing offense, even if Mostert's not able to go. Obviously, they're going to be at their best if he can, and they're certainly at their best when they have Tua throwing the ball to Waddle and Hill, and I, obviously you want to maximize that talent that you have, but I, I almost wonder with the quarterback likely to be Skylar Thompson, does this put Mike McDaniel into a situation where we see a continued emphasis on running the football and then a more, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but a, a more willingness in the passing game to to tap into some of the ancillary components. Mike Gusecki led the Dolphins in, in receiving against the Jets, which is, he's been very quiet this year. And so 
is there an element to this game where it's the run game? Of course, it's Waddle and Hill. It always should be, but where there's just more utilization, even Duran Smythe, I think, had five targets in that game, where you could see a little bit more of an all-of-the-above approach from this Dolphins offense against the Bills defense. I think you'd be foolish not to if you're Mike McDaniel. And, you know, you you can go back through the season and identify some pretty critical points. The Cleveland Browns game in Week 10, right before the bye, they rushed for 188 yards against the Browns. So soft front. I get it. Well, the first time they played the Bills, I believe they rushed for 188 yards and probably should have been more than that, if we're being honest, in all of the third and short situations and scenarios in which the Dolphins just came out trying to fire the football all around. And then, of course, you mentioned last week. So I, I do think without Tua Tungvaloa, this Dolphins offense, they're not going to score 30 points. They're probably not going to score 20 points, right? You probably need to score 14 to 17 points and hope you get a big play to set yourself up on a short field or, or find a different way to score and you play your best defensive effort of the season, right? Like that that's what you're probably hoping for to get it done. But yes, you should run the football because you do have Raheem Mostert, assuming he plays, who's gone to a different level in the last month. You have Jeff Wilson and he's a big physical back, have this success that you can lean on from the first time these two teams played and creating explosive runs on the ground. And they've got some big bodies up front. I'll be really interested. Uh, Brandon Shell uh, has a high ankle sprain and a knee sprain. I don't know that he's going to go. Uh, it doesn't sound promising. And if he doesn't, well, are you going to have Teron Armstead play and play Greg Little at, at right tackle? Or are you going to do what probably gives you your best combination of five and take Robert Hunt and kick him out from right guard to play right tackle, which you had to do for the last 15 snaps of the game or so against the Jets because Toronto Armstead didn't play. And th this has to be about winning up front. This has to be about running the ball. You have to shorten the game. You, you can't let the Bills have 11 possessions in this football game, right? Like you're, you're trying to limit them to seven and you're hoping you can limit three of those to touchdowns and force a field goal and you know, just really grind it out. It, it, this can't be what the Dolphins have been all season long where they're a top six yardage offense and a top 12 scoring offense. You're not going to win a game trying to play that way. You're not going to outbills the Bills in Buffalo. You're you're just not, especially without your starting quarterback. So I absolutely think the running game and the ability to win the point of attack up front, they have to find inspiration from what they did last week and also what they did against the Bills the last time they played them. Yeah, no question about it. And and I I I become very interested in how the Bills defensively prepare themselves for that. You would feel like they'd expect a run-heavy attack and uh, be very committed to playing downhill. But look, that's going to put some situations where Waddle and Hill can get into space. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, and after we come out of this next break, I, and we have to do the predictions and that type of stuff, but I do want to ask you about Skylar Thompson um, and, and just what you've learned about him. I know he had a hot preseason and, you know, he's played some football this year. And so um, I, I, I do want to ask you about that here in just a moment. And look, Kyle and I might not, have the same rooting interest in terms of the NFL, but we have the same uh, love for Built Bar, which is the best oh, yeah. tasting protein bar on the planet. And it's a great time, great time of year to get in on some Built Bars, right? We're all looking for delicious treats or cutting back on the fat and calories with the new year, trying to eat healthier. Well, Built Bar is a great place for you to go to help fulfill your New Year's resolutions. Uh, first of all, these things are delicious. They're covered in 100% Real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. They have unbelievably great flavors. So many 
uh, great varieties when it comes to the puffs and the built bars. They have the granolas that are really, really delicious. And they're so good, but what doesn't make sense is how good they are for you. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And, you know, we've been telling you about Built Bar for a number of years on this podcast and how you have to go to Built.com to order them. And you can still do that, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today. You can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up Built Bars as well over at Sam's Club. So check them out. You'll thank us later. These guys do produce the best tasting protein bars on the planet that are extremely, extremely healthy for you. So, Kyle, we have to do the predictions here. And um, do we do we do we have to? <laughs> you know, I I, I we could just choose not to. Like. We could. Uh, I know that there some of this is repurposed in other podcasts <laughs> and all that type of stuff. So I, <laughs> I I guess we'll have to check the box. But no, legitimately, like Skylar Thompson's playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and you're you know Skylar Thompson. And so as the Bills yeah. Mafia is preparing for this game, what do we need to know about this player? Um. There, there is a higher opportunity for the Dolphins to have out-of-structure plays with Skylar Thompson than with Tua Tungvaloa. I think Skylar's a better athlete. Uh, I think he moves better. Uh, I think his ability to get outside the pocket, use his legs. He had a big third-down conversion against the Jets uh, inside the Dolphins' own 20-yard line. They were backed up on a third long and got outside the pocket and, and let Tyreek work the sideline and, and hit him for a throw to move the chains and get a first a fresh set of downs, but that comes with a skill set that is grossly underprepared to play efficient NFL football at the quarterback position. There's pre-snap leverage identification opportunities. There is deciding where your reads are going to start based on the formation and the field versus the boundary versus the leverage of the defensive backs. And it's just, it's just not there with consistency. And what you end up with is missed opportunities. Now, Skyler was disciplined against Buffalo to the Jets to not put the ball in harm's way. He, he made no decisions that were deemable as turnover-worthy decisions. And I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But there is a glass ceiling with Skyler Thompson that would have to be broken through crazy off-structure non-sustainable types of individual plays throughout the course of the game that could get you some explosive plays. But he's a seventh-round rookie who played at Kansas State in the Big 12, and it shows as far as getting up to the line of scrimmage, understanding where I'm supposed to be, what routes I'm eliminating based off pre-snap leverage, taking that information, making sure I'm getting to the right side of the field. They had a third and long with Tyreek Hill and three strong and the Jets played Tampa two coverage, and Tyreek Hill from the three strong with nobody collisioning him had a hook curl defender that buzzed to two strong, and he sat down and he ran just a sit route at 10 yards of depth, and Skyler was not even looking to that side of the field to try to win the field with a different combination. Made his mind just, up, yeah. Yes, just, just uh, missed opportunities based on not consistently pro- – and he's a seventh-round rookie, so you're not surprised that that's, that's a variable with his game that exists – but it's what has us coming into this game as the Dolphins fan base saying expectations are about nil because it, there, there was some debate off of the preseason of, wow, Skylar Thompson's really a gamer. He's got some really likable qualities, and he does. 
but he does not give the Dolphins the best chance to win the football game. And because of that, that that's you would need outlier performance, Skylar Thompson, for the Dolphins to put significant points on the board on Sunday. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I think we should at least bring up the name. Uh, he, If I'm not mistaken, he was active against the Jets and could play if needed. Is What logic can you give us here in terms of why he wouldn't be the quarterback? It's a pretty highly paid backup. So he he had a dislocated finger on his throwing hand against the Patriots. Uh, he played the first 40 minutes or so of that game through a pick six that uh, took away a lead for Miami and, and even the game back up. And uh, Mike McDaniel is very game plan specific uh, as okay. far as he, he really tries to cater to the strengths of the players involved. And let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson are different skill sets. And I think that's mm-hmm. something the Dolphins are going to have to have a sit down, honest conversation about because last year it was two in Jacoby Brissett and find me two more polar opposite skill right. sets than Jacoby Brissett and two. And this year with Teddy is, is an underneath check down passer, but nothing he does is quick twitch, right? And he can't get outside the pocket. That's the same, same thing with Skylar. So I, I think he probably views Teddy at not a hundred percent with an injury to his throwing hand that limits his ability to consistently throw the football. He'd rather have a hundred percent healthy thrower who then on top of that can give you some elements with his legs. I got you. I appreciate that insight. I, I know that Bill's Mafia thanks you for um, shedding some light on some players that maybe there's not as much familiarity about. Mm-hmm. Uh, prediction time here, Kyle. Obviously, I appreciate your insight on Skylar Thompson because it helps me understand some of the dynamics of that offense. And, you know, I, I think in, in a backup quarterback, I do like the ability to move and introduce some variants and some off script stuff that can help you. And certainly with receivers like Waddle and Hill, you feel like there could be a, a moment there where there could be some explosive plays. And I, I think it does make this uh, a Dolphins offense that will commit to the run game. And, um, you know, we I think we all understand the script for Miami here is going to be to shorten the game, run the football, you know, find an explosive play on offense and really, really try to tighten the screws on defense. It's a big ask for Miami this weekend and and for a Dolphins team that, you know, I think unfortunate the last two years that their winning seasons didn't get into the postseason for them to get here and be at this moment and not have your starting quarterback and a lot of other key players that are either out or gonna have to try to play hurt. It's a it's a it's a tough situation to to be in here, obviously. And and a Bill's a, a team that's been to this moment quite a few times of late. You feel like they're probably gonna go out there and handle their business. And so um, that's where my mind's at with it. I have, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be respectful with the, with the prediction here because it, it's hard to know what to expect. I, I think that the bills will go out and win this game. And, uh, for a score, I have written down 28 to 13 bills. Oh, I, I amended mine as we were talking to 27, 13 bills. So I amended mine too, since we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's, it's, you look at the historical success that the, the Bills offense has had against Miami. You look at the inhibiting factors for what Miami has to deal with. It's in Buffalo. It's a team that's been here several seasons before. You really feel like they are just now getting their first taste of what their big picture goals are versus a Dolphins team that kind of had this collective sigh of relief after week 18. That like This would have been the most catastrophic collapse in franchise history. Had you missed the playoffs going from eight and three to eight and nine and missed the playoffs and lose your last night, or six games. So 
kind of that that emotional roller coaster. I think Buffalo obviously has a lot to play for. They're they're probably going to be a very inspired unit, you know, based off of the adversity that they have experienced throughout the course of this season and, and recently as well. And um, I just think Buffalo is probably better equipped to handle the emotions of postseason football. They are a healthier team. They feel like they're peaking at the right time. Miami probably in hindsight feels like they peaked in late November coming out of the, or going into the bye week coming out of the bye week against Houston. And as you said, all of those elements just kind of add up with a, a team that is, would not be surprised to see kind of hang around mill around to, it's a seven point game, 10 point game, maybe getting into the fourth quarter. And then Miami tries to press. And I'd, I'd expect that's probably when the levees break open. So put, put me down for, for 27, 13. Uh, Buffalo taking care of business at home in this this uh, wild card super wild card round. Excuse me, super. Hey, maybe we'll do it three times next year again, man. Hey, the Bills. You know it, this would be the Wouldn't fifth all time postseason meeting between these teams, right? They it was four times in the nineties. So maybe the the twenty twenties will uh, lead to another bless us again. Yeah, well, you know, bless uh, us again. Maybe not our friendship, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll get through it, man. I, I have a feeling that that nobody's going to come out of this game on on Sunday worse for the wear, based on on uh, barring the the crazy well, outcome. Yeah, that's <laughs> when it gets weird, man. That's that's when I go into a hole and I don't talk to you for a week, which makes it really well, hard considering the right, work that we, we do together. We we do some stuff together, so we'll, we'll um we'll hope we're able to vet through our respective emotions just <laughs> fine. Uh, we appreciate everybody who tuned into this crossover Thursday here on the locked on network, uh, locked on bills, Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, locked on dolphins. Make sure you check out all the great shows that we have on the locked on network. It's a fantastic family of podcasts. We have your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the podcast network. Thanks for friends over at prize pick for supporting the locked on network as well. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we get ready for Sunday, one o'clock orchard park, Dolphins, Bills, super wild card. Let's see what happens. Thanks for listening or thanks for watching.